Welcome to Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. Uh, it's Ted. Eric and I make no bones about the fact that we love Dogtra. We've been using them even long before they were sponsors of the podcast. Uh, my favorite is the 1900S hands-free. I typically have the remote in my pocket and I just put the other remote inside my glove or on my wrist and I can use that thing all day long. It's fantastic. Dr. is going to continue to be a sponsor of the podcast and because of that, you guys get a discount. So if you head to dogtra.com, any unit over $200, you'll get a 10% off if you use the discount code WDR10. That's Working Dog Radio 10, WDR10, dogtra.com. Go get it. This episode of Working Dog Radio is being brought to you in part by RayAllen.com. RayAllen.com, your one-stop shop for everything dog-related. Not just canine, not just search and rescue, not just civilian sport, and not just pets. All of it. Everything related to a dog you can find at RayAllen.com. Be sure to mention the discount code WORKINGDOGRADIO for 10% off your next order. RayAllen.com for all things dogs. Man, we are stoked to have TrueScent back on the podcast as a sponsor. Train your explosive detection dogs with TrueScent Canine, not a pseudo. It's a simulant training aids available at TrueScent Canine. That's the letter K, the number nine dot com or 512-533-2040. If you use the code WDR15, that's WDR15, you get 15% off your next order of training aids Accessories are excluded. Hit them up, truescentcanine.com. This episode of Working Dog Radio is brought to you by Hits Training and Consulting. Next year, August 13th through the 16th in Chicago, Illinois, the number one police canine conference in the world, hands down. The most amazing instructors there. Wait till you see the vendor show. If you thought last year was big, you haven't seen anything. There's going to be vendors from every facet of the canine industry, giveaways, everything you can think of, great times. During the day, great times at night. Ted and I will be there, Working Dog Radio booth. Going to have a good time. Hits 2019. Don't wait. Register now. Hitscanine.net. Any working dog handler can tell you these dogs find magical and magnificent ways to hurt themselves. Hell, half of being a handler is keeping them from hurting themselves. Much like maintenance training, care and upkeep is an important ongoing duty of any working handler, no matter if it's military, law enforcement, search and rescue, or sport. I had a dual-purpose dog at the kennel that we were training that had a hot spot from a food allergy, and it was clearly bugging him. We had to continue working this dog. I didn't have time for him to take off. So our vet wanted to put him on some anti-inflammatory, and I'm usually pretty anti-med unless it's absolutely necessary. If you remember from the Janet Baker episode, certain medications will cause problems with detection, and I ain't got time for that. I found a product called Quick Term from the people over at VetCare. I used this spray once a day for a week. And it was gone completely. We had another dog get a puncture wound during a track on his chest, and it probably needed a staple, but it was in a weird area. So I clipped a fur around it and put this on there once a day for about 10 days, and it was like it never happened. This isn't a Me Too product. It's not relabeled. It's specifically made for dogs and horses. Nothing like it on the market, and it works on wounds, but it also takes care of skin issues like flea dermatitis, hot spots like I mentioned, lick sores, granulomas, pad injuries, and the dreaded happy tail, which causes the back of your patrol cruiser to look like the OJ crime scene. It's a patented formula with a lot of science behind it. This shit really works. Due to disclosure, 
I got tagged pretty bad and needed to get sewn back together a couple months ago. And I may have used it on myself and it works great. The stub is also temperature stable, so you can keep it in the patrol car with all the rest of your first aid supplies in the summer and the winter, and it'll help prevent small issues from becoming larger ones, and it'll keep the admins happy because the vet bills will go down. Head over to vetcare.us and use the discount code 10WDR, that's 10WDR, and get 10% off. Get your working dogs working again and quicker with QuickDerm. All right, everybody, this is Eric. We are back, Working Dog Radio, broadcasting The Bite, coming to you from overcast, dreary Ohio at the moment. Um, my name is Eric, and with me from tornado-ridden Tulsa, Oklahoma, is my yeah, co-host, dude. Ted. Ted, how are you? Uh, I'm here. So uh, yeah. it got it got pretty Western this afternoon. I got a handler school going on, and... Uh, it got kind of funky. The storms, the sirens came on and, you know, I mean, I'm from here, so I'm used to it, but, uh, you know, the weather guys are just, they have their, their fucking weather woodies going. I mean, it is, it's about to get pretty gnarly tonight and then we should be good. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it looks like tornado weather outside. So, so <laughs> is there that. just a ton of dudes driving around with all that gear on top of their trucks and cars? <laughs> oh yeah, so yeah, Alicia was just uh, funny enough. Alicia just got home. Uh, she went to Arkansas today to pick up. Uh, we we're babysitting or dog sitting. Uh, Dita the hair missile uh, from the CBS SEAL team show. Melnick is um, training with the group over there, and Dita's hanging out with us for a week. But on her way back in, she passed. I don't even know how many. She said like ten, twelve of those people that are just like these amateur tornado chaser people but yeah i mean they're they're out driving around if you're on the highways you see them for sure yeah see that's that doesn't exist over here we don't yeah. we don't we don't get to see that so we just got back from philadelphia uh we did a high-risk deployment hrd police canine seminar there uh, i don't know about you ted i thought it was our best one i mean it was a blast 22 teams i think it was yeah, we had 22 teams, and we had five auditors, I think. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it was, uh, you know, the guys, from Rob, uh, Bob from PennVet, um, Doherty, that dude's great. They did a great job uh, finding us locations. Um, the location we were in was when they showed it to us, I, we were with the, caretake, the caretaker lady, Amy, and I was like, you know what we're going to do in here, right? And for those people that haven't seen the pictures, it, it I mean, it, it, it was it, – the the summer home of the Elkins family who have their own spot on the Monopoly board. They owned Pennsylvania Railroad, right? So this thing was built in the 1800s, like 45,000 square foot mansion that was converted to like a retired a retirement home for nuns or something. And it's been sitting empty for 20 something years. It's in really good shape, but it was like a video game. <laughs> oh, it, yeah. was, it was insane. Uh, the, the nice thing, it was a super loud. So all like we did the handler drum circle and we did a lot of stuff down downstairs with the dark and the light. I mean, we were wrestling with handlers down there. I mean, it was, it was, it was crazy, but, uh, yeah, they, the pin vet guys did a great job. Um, all those handlers that showed up and we had handlers from Pennsylvania, Delaware state police was there. Um, who else? The guys from one of the hand Atlantic city handlers was there. Uh, there yeah, were some several. prison guys there. It was yep, that's true. Very yep. wide arrangement of dogs. Good stuff, man. We had good dogs. Yeah. There was we brought our you know our taste and flavor there, and um, I uh, I didn't cuss much. I don't think. No, that you didn't. was in my under my best behavior. <laughs> no, you did. 
<laughs> oh, I did? Oh, oh, oh you did. <laughs> you, you did. <laughs> I, I did cuss. We did, for those of you who didn't see the videos, we found a uh, confessional in there. And I was uh. like, oh, oh, yeah, we got to use this. <laughs> and um, so we made some videos with Hagner from inside and outside. And those were pretty, I think I actually cussed in the confessional, which was pretty bad. So I'm going to have to uh, tone for I that I saw those myself, on but... Instagram. Those were funny. <laughs> so... Yeah. Um, we're going to, Ted, are you putting some of those videos up on Patreon? Yep, they're going to go off on Patreon. We got to get them edited. We had fucking like 70 gigs worth of fucking video from there. And I had to, I mean, it took me, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour to even get them into the computer. So before I, then just in the raw form before I start editing them. So yeah, they're going to go up probably in the next couple of weeks. Well, that's good. I, I just started making, because, um, you know, we have a lot of people on our Patreon page on patreon.com, Working Dog Radio. We have a lot of people asking about pet stuff and um so i put some pet stuff up here and there but i'm starting to make i got a new dog and i'm making some videos um i made some the other day i just got to put them all together and put it up there but uh patreon.com working dog radio uh there's some good things i think you guys will like it's a nice little community there check it out we ted and i have done um you know we we're doing some training podcasts and we did a pretty good rant podcast Uh, we did some (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> some good stories of guys that were uh, deployed and things like that. We decided to get back to um, to talking about training and operation of working dogs for a while, and we we've decided to start doing a, a tactical series. So we're gonna we're gonna do a series with um, SWAT guys uh, talking about doing tracking and area searches with guys. We're gonna do some um, room entry stuff room clearing things with dogs. We're going to talk to some of those folks. Uh, the kicking it off, uh, I got a friend of mine on tonight. Um, his name is Matt Yoder. He's from Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department, Charlotte PD, a uh, canine guy for a long time. He he finally realized towards the end of his career here, he's, he's in the twilight, that uh, he actually knows what he's talking about and doing some training. And he started training at some conferences and traveling around and, and he, he went over to Africa and did some training. So what we brought Matt on today to talk about is laser directional training, laser directional use of the dogs. Charlotte is, is lucky enough to be in North Carolina. In North Carolina, they get, um, they're close to a lot of special operations units. I know they've gotten to do a lot of stuff with those guys, learn some things and, and perfect it. And then of course, working the street they're doing it every day all the time without further ado we'll bring on matt matt how are you doing well doing well thanks guys for having me i really appreciate it looking forward yeah absolutely good show so um let's start with uh how you got into you know handling a dog working a canine and obviously you guys didn't use lasers back then because they probably weren't invented but (laughs) we can start there Uh, yeah so uh so my my career kicked off uh I was uh, I was three years on the department and got selected for a can- an opening spot in K9, um, and that was in January 1999. And just uh, worked a dog, did a lot of, you know, did went through all my certifications just like everybody does. You know, back then it was just, you know, the positive punishment. You know, everything was you, you knew one way, and uh, compulsion was it. And slowly throughout the years, you just develop and. Every dog, you're just become a better handler and just find ways to supplement your time. And that's kind of where this, uh, 
laser stuff kind of kicked off for me because it just you get bored, you start you start trying new things, and you learn ideas, and hey, just go with it. Now, when I was out um, doing the SEAL teams, they asked some of the guys asked me, they're like, "Hey, man, they used to do laser directional here at the teams, and uh, we haven't done it in a long time. We, do you think we could start doing it?" And I I was honest. I said, "I, I we can. I don't know how to do it." Um, we need to find some people that do and start. And um, then after I left the program, I, I don't know if they went for it. But um, how, how did you how did you learn it? So uh, basically, you know, whenever I saw um, we were training with some SF guys from Bragg, um, they, they actually came down and we hosted them. We, we let them use our, our facilities that we were training in. And they just asked us, hey, do you guys run lasers? And I'm like, lasers for what? Like, what, what are you talking about? And like, ah, oh, you just, you know, you get a laser and you, you point it in the direction you want the dog to go in. And he'll go to the laser and you cut it off and he'll do his job, whatever, whatever task that you give him. And I thought, man, that, you know, coming from a, a, a gun dog background where, you know, you, you train, you know, hand signals, hand and arm, uh, you know, that to try to, to try to get a German shepherd to run in a straight line. I don't know why they can't do that, but it, it takes a lot of work where, you know, your floppy ear dogs will run straight, just straight as an arrow. Uh, some, you know, I, I saw them doing it. They didn't really show us really how they did it, but you know, just, just knowing, you know, classical conditioning, you know, you're just pairing, just pair something that the dog knows with something that the dog doesn't know or association so I just, you know, how I started with my dogs is I just did food. And what I was actually doing was I was using reverse classical where I was showing the dog what, uh, what he knows. I'm sorry, what he doesn't know with what he knows. So the lay, I, because I, I didn't have any way of having the food just pop open. So every day. You know, I fed my dogs twice a day, so I always use that as an opportunity to get him uh, interested in the laser and to identify, let him associate the laser with something positive. So I would put the food bowl in the corner of his kennel, and I would just laser. I'd make him sit next to me, and I'd laser his food. And, you know, he'd sit there and just drool, drool, and I'd release him. He'd go eat his food. I did that every training day or every, every uh, feeding. And over, you know, a few weeks, you know, I didn't rush it. And I, you know, I was out just messing around out at night, you know, and I threw a Kong out. He didn't know where it was. I, I made him sit next to me and I got my laser out and started lasering where that Kong was. And <laughs> the funniest thing was he's sitting there, he starts drooling. I'm like, oh, hey, I got this, man. And you know, I released him. He went over and he got the Kong and it was, it was that easy. And then I just stepped up my game to where, you know, I've got a video that I show, you know, my class that. You know, I send him a hundred yards uh, to pick up a Kong that's sitting on top of a, um, the base of a light pole, just a cement, little round cement pole. And uh, I mean, you're, you're able to, you know, the ability to put your dog in, in, in space anywhere you want him to from, from a hundred yards. I mean, I, I can think of multiple uh, utilizations or, or, or uses for that. So, so let's back up a minute. Um, and Ted and I are maybe Ted can answer. Why the fuck are you gun guys, gun dog guys, so fucking good? 
Like uh, every guy that we meet was like, yeah, I was a gun dog guy for like yeah. ever. And I'm like, yeah. you actually paid attention in, in eighth grade psychology class yeah, when I on. was, you know, drawing pictures of boobs and stuff. <laughs> and you still, oh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. still do that. Yes. <laughs> so talk about, talk about that. What, what about the gun dog stuff? Are you doing labs and everything? Yeah, so uh, uh, where I grew up in, in Northwest Ohio, uh, the guy, my yep. neighbor, he he trained uh, he trained gun dogs and he guided um, up in Lake Erie, and he he would do big hunts. He go up to, he go down to Arkansas. Um, that was a huge place, and and you know just growing up being part of that, you know, I'd throw the decoys, you know, all his uh, blind hides, um, you know, just watching obedience, you know, we'd. He, he would, uh, the field behind our house, you know, it was mowed out, you know, to have your lines, you know, so he, you know, to teach the dog directionals, you know, right, left, back. Um, you know, I just, that's how I started my dog. I mean, that's how I kind of got into the dog training business from the beginning. Um, I went to college, uh, a couple of my, my buddies had dogs and I trained their dogs for them and it just, it just made sense. So did you, um, when you start messing around with this, with your work dog and everything, did you start showing guys at like training days and people kind of, it kind of caught <laughs> on or, or what happened? You know, what's funny about that. And I'm sure I know that I'm not the only one who's telling this, but you know, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world, you know, cause I'm like, Hey, watch this. And it's like, that's cool. And that's it. Yeah, get your that's dog. All I got. That, that's cool. Get in line. Yeah. Yeah, who, uh, <laughs> all right, who's next? Who's next? I've always done a lot more than what anybody else does with their dogs. I mean, you know, I, I was, you know, to, to go out there, you know, with a, a two-way radio hooked to my dog, and he's out, you know, clear on the other side of the field, and I'm doing obedience, you know, commands through a two-way radio, and I'm looking at my guys like, hey, this is pretty cool. What do you think about this? Nothing. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, what? <laughs> that's a hard crowd, man. Probably my best friend. He caught on. He loved it. He was working his dog on it. We trained his dog. Um, I've done two of my dogs with it, uh, with the laser. You know, when, when I go and teach the classes, you know, I would love, you know, I, you know, my canine career as far as, like, training dogs for police, like, me working a dog within the department, you know, those days are over. Um, but if I could help anybody else and if somebody could give me, uh, like, their material, you know, what is everybody else doing with the laser? You know, I've asked them, you know, I give them my email or whatever. I said, send me videos of what you're doing. And, man, I would love to put your videos in my PowerPoint or my presentation because, you know, I, I want to see. And what was funny, Eric, whenever I remember you called me and wanted to know if I would do that class. That's how I got started doing the classes because I, you know, I put together my own PowerPoint, you know, presentation through that. And uh, when I, I was, I actually signed up. For that, I'm not going to say what it is because I know I don't want to piss you off. Uh, but, you know, I signed, I signed up for that class because I wanted to see, because I knew my capabilities. And, you know, you, and being a canine, you only know what you know. And unless you go to seminars and, 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 and watch what other people are doing, you just don't know. You think you've got the greatest dog in the world until you see somebody else's dog. You're like, shit, I don't know nothing. Yeah. You know, that God, their dogs are so much better than mine. You know, right. so I, I wanted to see what, what everybody else was doing with a laser. And then uh, the guy that was supposed to teach it, he backed out and 
so there I was standing there teaching the class. So talk about, I mean, because, you know, you kind of alluded up to it, like, you know, so many applications we can use it for and everything else. What was your either failure or epiphany where you're like, holy shit, I need a, a way that I can communicate to the dog visually and non-verbally and without having to fucking index where I can send him to an area. So what happened that you were like, I need to figure out how to do this? Is it by accident? Did you set out to do it because of your gun dog background? I mean, like, what did it, what, I mean, what was the, like, leading up to being like, you know what, I'm going to teach the dog to go over here and do this? You know, Ted, a lot of that stuff, a lot of that was just out of, just having that capability. So then, you know, if, if anybody would ever say, you know, I, I, my dog, uh, uh, we integrated on our SWAT team and I was on it for like three years. Um, you know, I, I, what if I need to cover a door while we move up, you know, and I need my dog to go to that door and there's, you know, let's say it's a a strip mall. How could you possibly get your dog to go to a door and down without something that can pinpoint a place in time that you would never get that dog to go to that door. He would go to every door, but that one, I promise you. Just oh, believe me. You know, I, I know exactly you know. what you mean. Oh, yeah. fuck. I know exactly what you every mean. freaking door except the door of the, the, the bad guys behind. You'll watch him go down that hall a hundred times. If I'm like, oh, hey, look, there it is. It's the same thing. So what if I needed that capability? So, you know, we trained it. You know, we're doing large structure clears with the SWAT team. You know, if you're looking down a hall and there's 10 doors and one door is open, well, that's going to be your threat. And you got enough dudes, you move down the hallway and you, you advance to that, that open door because you don't want somebody to pop out while you're moving down and clearing all those closed doors, you know? So if I can move, if I can direct my dog to that door, down him, and I use, uh, I, I use the, um, uh, the tone on a Z collar because you know, if, if we want to work covert, if we're not over it yet, I could laser that, send him down to the door, he gets there, boom, beep, 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 beep. He goes into a down. Now the team moves up. If anybody would come out of that door, he'd nuke them. That was his job. That's, that's what we trained. Um, we never really did it. We never did any large structure clears with that for real, but that's what I trained for. I trained for, hey, man, I wish we could get the dog. Yep, I can do that. That's, okay, that's kind of what I always train. That's what I train my dog for, you know, just the what if. Um, uh, if I wanted, one of the other things that I, I did have a problem, I guess, I guess this, this would apply to what you're, you're saying, you know, we get in a bad habit of, you know, it's a training scar dog goes into a room, doesn't see anybody. It's just an open room. There's some, there's furniture, whatever. What does he do? He comes right back out, uh, you know, and when you send the dog in, if he goes in, turns back around, your point man is really going to hate you if that dog runs into him as dudes are trying to get through a door. So what I started doing was I started, and this is what I did this on several SWAT call outs where I needed the dog to go deeper in, into the house, like into the kitchen. So I would laser a back wall. He'd see it, find him, bam, he'd run in. Cause you know, we, we knew the guy wasn't right inside the, the initial room. Cause you could see, but we didn't know it was in the kitchen. So I'd send him in and I knew I could get him to go to that kitchen. 
So as soon as he start getting close to the kitchen, the team would move in. We fall behind the dog. You know, you know and, and, and that's one thing too. Yeah. If it's hard to, if anybody's listening, I don't want them to think that you know we 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 clear with the dog without team guys. Our rule was if the dog goes, we go. You know, the, if if we weren't going to go, we weren't going to send the dog in. Right, yeah, and that was, and that's that, the that, that's how yeah that's our protocol. That was our protocol. So with one of the other units um, that was using this, I think in the early days, but um, I think I, I can't remember who it was working with him. I think it was Eric Rose. If I remember right, and I'm sure somebody will hear. It. In fact, he's actually agreed to come on and do this. But um, <clears throat> there was an issue with the dogs um, blowing uh, explosive odor and looking for humans, and that was kind of you addressed that. Like, if you're not going to go in <laughs> because it's a bomb call, it's not a fucking SWAT call, then you know. Granted, some of the dogs are cross training explosives, and you know they're cross-chain explosives and also detection or, or, you know, pinpointing or like finding people. And, and I think that's kind of addresses to like the, what the role changes for a dog on SWAT versus what it does on patrol. And you pinpointed exactly why, you know, we teach some different tactics for dogs in SWAT calls than we do for these, you know, the patrol dogs. And, you know, for instance, you know, the old way to do it was we teach dogs to run as far into the building as possible and run backwards and search back to us. Whereas, this new limited penetration that a lot of people are doing where it's either long line or offline, but you have to have a way to control. Eric and I had a guy um, in the brown hole scenario in Philly last week and I was watching this kid. I can't, Eric, do you remember where that kid was from? He was from like Chappiek or something. Uh, super nice dog. And uh, he sends a dog down the hallway. Won't let the backing officers go forward. Dog bites him, and he's like, bring the dog to me. Now, whether that's right or wrong is not here nor there, but right. I was kind of watching this go down, and I'm like, all right. So I instructed the decoy, don't come out. So he does, and he finally tells me. He's like, dude, it's a policy thing. Like, I'll just let him chew his arm off and bring it back to me, and then I'll send the dog down to bring in the rest of me. I'm like, oh, shit, okay. So I went down and told Jim O'Brien. I was like, hey, it, you're going to have to bring him the dog. He's not. I was like, you don't have to do it fast, but – after he gets this dog off of him and we still got two suspects out, he's just holds up the team and, and sends a dog back down. The dog methodically worked down by himself room to room to room to room. And had it been dark and I didn't ask this kid this overtly, but had it been dark, I think he could have, or has used a laser with this dog before, because that dog was, was very methodical in the way that he was going down. And like you said, like your, your point man is going to be pissed if that dog runs back out of the room, like, well, there's nobody here, fellas, let's go. And yeah. that's exactly what, um, this was, that's exactly what this was. And this kid managed to clear this entire, uh, hallway and this entire upper floor without really having to move a whole lot. And, you know, so there were some other things that happened in there where we're like, you know, he can't hear anything. So he's having to communicate with backing officers or whatever else. But uh, that's exactly what this is, what this is designed for. So, you know, um, when you did it, when you started doing it, I guess, how new was your dog? I mean, was he fairly new? I mean, did you just like, you know what, I'm going to start fucking doing this and see if it fucking works yeah, out. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he was, well, so uh, the, the very first dog I did, um, he was about, he was, he was mid, probably midway through his career. Um, and you know, he, he would do it, but it, it wasn't, I mean, he would, I just needed for him, you know, that was at the early stages of, of using, uh, the laser was, you know, I just need you to go to an area and he'll figure it out. Um, 
you know, and I always, I always, whatever task that I'm doing, whatever end goal, that's what I gave him the command to do. You know, so if, if I wanted him to find somebody and yep, you're going to buy them if you find them, I would laser and I would give him his command, find him. Or, you know, uh, if I laser a car and I wanted him to search that car, you know, I could laser a car from whatever, 50, 60, 70 yards into a parking lot. He would find drugs. And it, if you tell me, you know, okay, detection, it's so easy. So I, how can I up this game a little bit? Well, I would do a detection. My, my detection highs would be I'd laser a car in a parking lot with 30 cars, and that's the car he'd search. Because that, that, that was entertaining to me, to be able to do that. Of course, you know, no one thought that was cool but me. <laughs> no, I mean, it's super cool uh, because, I mean, you know, you're using the dog to narrow down an area, right? I mean, that's why they're yeah, there. I mean, whether, right. you know, most of the SWAT dogs can go their entire career and not get a bite, but they can find a hundred bad people hiding wherever. And if you have specific information, I mean, how do you tell the dog, go search the maroon car? I mean, he doesn't understand what fucking maroon means. Like, yeah. go search a truck. Yeah. He doesn't know what a truck means. Like, go search this num- door number four. They can't count that high. They don't have a thumb. So, like, so, no, I mean, it yeah. completely makes sense, but I just wanted to hear if there was a reason why, like, shit, like if you had an actual call where you know, like your point guy, your number two was like, I need him to go search that door. And you're like, well, I don't know how to do it without getting out from behind cover. So, but yeah, I mean, no, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, so you, you know, guys, we, just, we train, go ahead. I'm sorry. Here, go ahead. You, you guys in Charlotte, <clears throat> when you're working on the road, do um, you have SWAT and you're obviously going on a bunch of shift calls. Um, I'm assuming they, they use you with probably throw you with the marshals every once in a while on this this tactical unit, street crimes unit or whatever. Uh, did you end up using that um, more than just SWAT, like on a pretty everyday basis? Uh, you know, I, I definitely trained way more than, than I, I, used, I used it for. The only time I used it in patrol uh, a couple times to clear a car that I just happened to be, you know, you're, you're, it seems like you're never in, in the right place at the right time. But, you know, you get, you know, you get your car chased, robbery suspect, homicide suspect, you know, and now it's a felony stop. You, you get a dude out or whatever, and now you got to clear the car. Well, I've, I've been able to, to use it for that. And, you know, and what was cool about use, using it during a situation like that is, you know, you get your dog out of the car and to get him oriented, you know, unless you train it a whole bunch, you know, there's still a lot of distractions. There's people, you know, everyone's starting to come outside. And you're, you can see, like, okay, if I send my dog, because I, I never use the, I, I don't use long lines. Um, yeah, I'm an off lead guy. And, you know, if I tell my dog to down, he downs or, you know, with, with whatever. Uh, he comes back to me. I don't know. Just when you tell a dog to come, he should come or whatever. Uh, right. So I, I never use a long line. So, but, you know, you still have these potentials. So I just need my dog to go into that car. Doors are open, jump in that car and clear. Well, and so I just thought, well, hey, I can laser that door from anywhere. I can do it from six cars back. You know, he'll run by all those police officers standing behind cover, you know, stand behind a door or whatever. I can do it from anywhere I want. I know my dogs because I trained it. And uh, I, I got a chance to use that several times um, on just clearing cars. Um, and, of course, now the, the patrol guys thought that was the coolest shit they have, they'd ever laid eyes on. They're like, who, what the, oh, who the hell, did, who does that? That dude's got a laser. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> I, you, next thing you trained a SWAT monkey, so now you had a monkey riding on your dog with a laser and a cap yeah. gun. That's what you needed to do. 
But yeah, uh, right, I like that right. idea. I actually like that idea of using, because Ted and I do an ass load of vehicle extraction training, whether they're actually extracting or whether they're clearing a car when you maybe did a felony stop and brought a driver out. We did it. We do a ton of it. And um, yeah, I, you, at, sometimes you get that dog that comes out and he wants to maybe eat the other dude on the other side of your cruiser or he definitely isn't focused mm-hmm. downrange, but I can you definitely see a good application for that. Right. You're right. He sees people, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, there, there's all, you know, you guys know the whole gamut. You know, the, you know, the, uh, the standard is just all over. You know, when you guys go, when you go travel around, you see, you see it right. all, you see dogs, you're like, holy cow. Like you use that. And then you see guys that are just really into it, man. And they're, they're, they're hanging on every word. They, and you know, when that guy gets his dog out of the car, that's going to be a shit hot dog. And they are. So you see a, a, a range of, of that, but you know, but you still, you know, guys, you know, they, they their dogs are prey mongrels, you know, and, and they're looking at anything that moves. Oh, who's my next target, man. That's, that's a hard, that's a hard thing to get your dog to do to stay focused, especially on if he doesn't really know the game or what's getting ready to happen. So the laser is just something that, if the dog knows it, no matter what he's driven to, um, you know, and, and I've got a whole PowerPoint and, and guys that I offer this, uh, when I do my classes, you know, if anybody wants a, a copy of my, my PowerPoint, I will give it away. Um, that was one of the things that I got a lot of feedback from my classes that I actually taught people something that they could take home instead of just giving them a little bit of something. And then, all right, but you got to pay me a, a, a gazillion dollars to come to your apartment and I'll teach you whatever. I mean, I actually yeah. taught them from beginning to end because, I mean, I, I just I just think that this is something that everyone should have in their toolbox. I mean, that capability, because it's so easy. It's just, you know, it's like, it's like, Eric, it's like you're doing the clicker. You know, it's classical conditioning. You're, the dog, you're just getting them to understand click, feed, laser, toy, laser, food. Go to the laser and something good's going to happen, I promise you, every time. Well, and, you know, Eric hit on it a little bit. And I don't think I've ever said this out loud on the podcast. I've said it before all the time in our HRD things, but one of the, Uh and Eric and I say it all the time, one of the skills that we teach all the time, that my guys work on all the time, that I preach all the time, is neutrality to cover officers. Neutrality, neutrality, neutrality. Eric hit on it a little bit where the dog's trying to, like, they go into a vehicle and the dog's, like, trying to fucking nuke the cover guy on the other side of the car. You know, we were in, in Philly. And the dogs were a little confused about uh, some of the dogs were a little confused about for the vehicle extraction, for example, a little confused about where they should be going. Right. So um, there's a couple of ways to do it. You either build it through context, through hundreds of reps. Like every time I stack up, I'm behind a door, cover concealment on this vehicle. I'm making announcements. I'm aimed at this car. And, you know, I tell everybody it's a lot easier to do in the wintertime or at night because we hit everything with a takedown light, which makes it super obvious, right? And it's the same thing I teach with puppies, where when we go into a dark room, I'll hit the decoy with a bright light, and I'm like, this is where you need to be looking. One of the things that Erica and I always preach, too, when we do these conferences and these seminars is when the dog can't see where we're looking, like if they're behind cover and they see everybody with firearms pointed and they see everybody looking downrange, the dog's like, all right, fine, I need to be looking that way. This seems like just a logical extension of that. Like if you're doing a vehicle extraction and the dog is like, I don't know where to go. And you're like, hey, dummy, over here, like this is where I want you to go. Then 
you can remove a ton of context or contextual training and just say, this is where you go, go find them, go find that dude and bite him in this car or in this room or wherever it is. And yep. it's, it's a pretty elegant solution to a fairly large contextual problem that requires a ton of training in terms of spaces and places and people and everything else. And, you know, when we come back from the commercial, I'll ask you a question about dependency. But, um, you know, at that note, we're going to take a break for just a second and then we're going to come back and uh, talk more about fucking lasers with dogs. <laughs> Eric here. Like many trainers, Ted and I go through toys with the hard, super chewer dogs we typically have in our kennel. So we need toys designed to withstand the grueling reality of high-drive working dogs. That's where USA Canine Dog Toys excel. Their toys are made from an extremely durable rubber compound. They have reward toys as well as food dispenser toys, all made to last and are very affordable. All the toys are military-themed. Go to the website, www.usa-canine.com. Check out the grenade-shaped toys. They got the cherry bomb. They got a lot of other great things over there, military-themed toys. Here's the best part. A portion of all USA Canine proceeds go to support military working dogs and other veterans organizations. And that's freaking badass. www.usa-canine.com. Use the promo code K9PRO. Or check them out on Instagram at USA Canine Dog Toys. Hey everybody, it's Ted. Let's talk about training and conferences. We know training budgets are always tight and that's why the crew from HITS goes the extra mile for you. Let's be honest here. There's no other canine training conference on the planet like HITS. It has now gotten so large that the 2019 HITS will be held at the largest convention center in North America. That's Chicago's McCormick Place. Experience matters when it comes to putting on a show like this and when it comes to police dog trainers. The guys who run HITS are still working police dogs, just like you. There's going to be three full days of training with five classes classes in session at a time. Toffers are going to range from patrol work and dog selection to case law to search and rescue to canine first aid and everything in between. They had 1,100 people in attendance last year in D.C. and are planning for more this year. And it wouldn't be a conference without the vendors. The McCormick Place has enough room for 100 vendor booths. You can meet the people that make the equipment you guys use every single day. The vendors make coming to hits an experience like nothing else in this industry, plus the free stuff. Everybody loves free stuff. Last year, they gave away about 40 grand in cash and prizes from vendors. I expect Chicago to be bigger. So come join the crew from Working Dog Radio in Chicago during the week of August 13th through the 16th at McCormick Place in Chicago, Illinois. Now, I know handlers and I know you people wait to the last minute to do everything. Don't be that guy. Head over to Hits Canine. Dot net. That's the letter K, the number nine, to get registered and save money on your registration for doing it early. There's also information about the discounted hotel rooms. That's August 13th through the 16th in Chicago. If you didn't write it down, we got the link in the show notes. Hey guys, Eric here. If you follow Ted and I, you know that we've been traveling all over the United States doing seminars. Every time I do one of those seminars, I like to ask the handler where they got their dog. Every time they tell me Southern Coast Canine, I know we're going to have a good time. I know it's going to be a good dog. We have been seeing a lot of their dogs at a lot of different seminars, detection, dual purpose, new handlers, experienced handlers, guys that have gone back to them over and over again. Uh, we just did the Bravo 3 conference recently down in Daytona and Southern Coast Canine brought out three green dogs. Like they just got them off the plane from Europe and they were bangers, all three of them. They killed the scenarios. They'd never seen any of that stuff, but their selection process is great. Check out their website, southerncoastk9.com. They're offering handler schools, trainer schools, 
supervisor schools. They got uh, a great relationship with Tripwire, so they're doing explosive stuff down there. Every year they do a huge detection seminar. Check out southerncoastcanine.com. I've been really impressed, honestly, with the dogs that I've seen come from them. Southerncoastcanine.com. Good people, great facility. Check them out. Hey, everybody, it's Ted. Let's take a break for a second. Let's talk about Dogtra. We make no bones about the fact that Eric and I love Dogtra. In fact, we've been users of them since long before we even started the podcast, and it's one of the reasons that we approached them to be sponsors of the show. We typically only want to have stuff on here that we actually use and that we can stand behind and endorse. Dogtra is one of those companies. They've been at it for a long time and are industry leaders when it comes to production of reliable, consistent training equipment for your dog, whether be poppers and droppers, whether it be e-collars or now, they've got the new GPS one, which Eric has been playing with and he really, really likes it. So what I want everyone to do is head to dogtra.com. You get a 10% off of any item over $200 and you use the discount code WDR10. That's just like the initials of the show, Working Dog Radio, WDR10. Hit them up. Hey guys, Eric here. If you listen to Working Dog Radio or follow me on social media, Van SK9, you know that I am involved in a wide variety of aspects of the dog world. I am a police dog trainer, pet dog trainer, I own dog daycare, and I am a pet owner. So I have a wide variety of needs when it comes to gear for the dogs, daily living things for the dogs, all kinds of items, training, anything possible I need. I go to one place, rayallen.com. Rayallen.com is a one-stop shop for everything dog related. Anything you could possibly need, check them out, rayallen.com. They've been doing a long time. Great customer service, super high integrity at that place, rayallen.com. Put in promo code Working Dog Radio for 10% off your next order. Ted and I love that place. RayAllen.com. Get on there. Click everything you need. Ship it all at once. RayAllen.com for all things dogs. Yo, everybody, let's talk about getting a job. Coast to Coast Canine is hiring experienced full-time and part-time drug and explosive detection canine handlers. If you're interested, shoot Peggy Heiser an email at pheiser, P-H-E-I-S-E-R at C2CK9.com. That's the letter C, the number two, the letter C, the number K, the number nine.com. What you have to have to be eligible for this is a minimum of three years knowledge in handling detection or training experience with law enforcement and military and large breed high drive dogs. You gotta possess a trainer certification from a state recognized agency or national certification such as USPCA, NAPWADA, NNDDA, or something similar. You also need to have a knowledge and or experience as an instructor or a canine handler with a state recognized agency like the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. You gotta speak fluent Spanish and English. If you have all that, they're willing to give you a competitive wage and employee benefits. Again, that's P. Heiser at C2CK9.com. Highland Canine Training, LLC. To all of my fellow LE Canine guys, Highland Canine should definitely be on your short list of vendors when it comes time to adding to your unit or replacing one of your dogs. Highland Canine offers green and pre-trained single and dual purpose dogs if you train in-house. But most importantly, they offer a full-service canine academy with canine handlers courses, canine instructors courses, specialized advanced canine training, and canine supervisors courses. 
Jason and his staff of instructors have been there and done that in this game. They run these classes year-round, so go to their awesome website at www.tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. That's Tactical Police, the letter K, the number 9, training.com, and make your unit better. All right, we are back. So we were just talking about, um, you know, how using this can remove some of the context, but... Having taught this and having used it quite a bit, have you seen any issues with dependency like dogs that will only go to where a laser is pointed or will not hunt independently now? Like if you're in a large hallway and you have no idea where you're using the dog for elimination, will he only go door to door or will he just independently search by himself and then give you his alert and then you can recall him or do whatever you're going to do? So uh, I've never had any dependency on it, and the reason the reason I, I don't, and I've never heard anybody say that that that, that was an issue, um, because when you give the dog the task, you know, find them, soup, drug, whatever, to go do your thing, the dog is in that mindset. He shoots off and does his thing, and all of a sudden he's out there all on his own, and all of a sudden a laser shows up. Oh, I I I I like him to understand that I need you to go always the laser first. If the laser pops up, go to the laser. Go to where the area that you saw it in. Because what I don't do, I don't make it about the laser itself. I just need, so I laser an, an object. He sees that object and he goes in that, in that direction and then the laser will disappear and he immediately goes to what he knows. Go to nose, go to nose, go to nose, and find what is out there. But if there's no laser, he still knows his task. So, so what mistakes do you see guys make when training this? Um, giving up. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, uh, I've never had a dog, and this is funny. I, I've had several dogs that are just, you know, like my lab. You know, I've, I got my retired dog and I got my lab that I play around with. You know, from day one, you know, the lab's, a, he's a prey mongrel. Anything moves is a target to him. You know, chase, catch, kill, baby. When mm -hmm. you show him a laser from the very beginning, he took to it and chased it. And just, you, it was funny. You know, just you know, the cat, you know, people do the cat stuff. Most yeah. dogs, pet dogs. You can get pet dogs to follow that laser all day long. But, man, I have never had a freaking Malawar or German Shepherd give two shits about that laser. Yeah. You know, you know and, and so, go ahead. Yeah, I'd say it's kind of funny because with the advent of um, combining dogs with less lethal, uh, the thing that all the new tasers have on them is lasers. And they have two, <laughs> sometimes more. <laughs> And, yep. yeah. and so all of a sudden, like, if you have a dog that's taught to do this, and again, this is what I was saying about context, then the dog is like, all right. And it can be, it can be useful for highlighting. Like, this is why I want you to go. But hopefully if you're that close that you shouldn't need to fucking highlight somebody with a fucking laser if you're within taser distance. But, um, right. it was kind of like my, you know, because like you said, it's funny because it starts out as a game and, you know, they'll chase anything and and whatever else. And then all of a sudden, when not done properly, you know, like we're talking about doing it properly, but not done properly. All of a sudden, Doc sees a laser and they go fucking crazy. 
And then all of a sudden they blow off everything else, including the person they're supposed to bite. And they're like, well, I'm going to go chase this thing around. And so, you know, I can see where doing this correctly would strengthen that. Like, this is exactly the person I want you to bite. And because a lot of guys carry tasers now, most of them have lasers and you can pinpoint people with that. Like, I mean, you have the option of letting the dog bite them, tasing them or both. And it still helps highlight or, you know, accentuate exactly where we want them to go. But they have to, like you, I mean, like we're saying, they have to be shown in the correct context. But yeah, I mean, that was one thing I wanted to say, wanted to ask for sure. uh, Also, uh, actually, Eric, I was just thinking through my, my PowerPoint, uh, you know, I, I do talk about things to be to be mindful of, um, and this I think this is something that definitely um, needs to be mentioned. Or you know, people have got, they got to understand that it, if your dog takes to it and you become like this laser guru and your dog freaking loves the game, just remember, like you know, take responsibility for that. You, you know, a, a dog is not always the solution to a problem. We don't need to make it a solution if it's not applicable. Be careful on two things. One, you know, if, if you laser a door because, you know, you, you want to move up to that door, um, you know, it's a, it's a break-in, it's an alarm. Hey, I'm going to put my dog up on that door, and he's going to cover that door while I move. So you laser the, do- the door, the dog goes up there, and the owner's inside, walks outside, bam. He just, <laughs> he just nuked the owner uh, of a business. You know, like, you, you, gotta, you, you have to always keep in mind, you know, I have this capability, but is that practical for this? Right. Or and what I can see, I can see what mistake guys would be making is bomb detection dogs. Um, they they will get out of the um, the correct mindset of uh, that bomb dogs aren't used for confirmation, and but what they would do is they'd be like, well, you know, so we have this strange package over here. Let me, I'll laser it. Let's see if my dog will run over and if he alerts on it, um, which is right. obviously the yeah, wrong. I know what you, the wrong yeah, deal. If you're training, if you train one, if you train one for one and you laser a box, that's bad. Like you need to like think about what you're doing. Like okay, if I laser a box and my dog goes out and sits on because I put explosives in that box, now you're lasering a box and he just goes and sits on every freaking box. Yeah, like. I mean, there's a right way to, I mean, I think a laser and a, a, a explosive dog, man, I, I, dude, I think you could do some really, really cool things. But again, you know, what I talked about was getting your dog in an area that you want him to work, you know? So, you know, if there's a, if there's a car out there, you know, kind of, like I said about laser in a car, you know, there's 50 cars out there. You laser one car, he goes in the direction of the laser and all of a sudden his head snaps, moves downwind and hits a hits on a car. Well, I mean, that's, that's an alert. You just call the dog back and he has done his job. Now the, the bomb team can do, now they do their job. You just, you just confirmed, Hey, there's some explosive odors down there. My dog alerted, you know, but you need to make sure you set up your training to where, you know, there's, there's four boxes, you know, and, and how yeah. and actually how I did, how I did, um, how, uh, I reward my dog, at a long hide was uh, George Hickox has these uh, bird launchers. I don't know if you guys have ever seen or heard of those things, but you mm-hmm. know they, they put yeah. like uh, oh, yeah. pigeons in them. You know, oh, it's, yeah. got a, it's got a little uh, uh, doctor makes them. Got a, oh yeah, popper. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 So you know, you you put a Kong in those, set it at an angle, and it takes a little bit to you know to where you 
you get it angled right to where you're, you know, hit, you're hitting the release button, you know, and it's hitting the side of the car. But, you know, if, you're, if your dog's working his ass 50 yards down the range, you know, and, and how how you plan on rewarding him? I just yeah, true. set up a bird launcher and launched the Kong at him. <laughs> yeah. I'd set it out, you know, 30 yards away and just you know, hit the little button, bing, and you shoot well, a That's how Alicia gets Ted to do yard work, except for <laughs> it launches a beer. She puts his fucking beer. PBR. She launches puts PBR beer. in it, and I run out there. I'm like, holy shit, a beer just flew up out of the weeds. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I... I weed whacked. I turned it off, and a beer flew out. I'm doing this all day. <laughs> yes, that is exactly so, how she does it. When you're teaching them to go into the room, um, so like from day one, are you pairing the command with it like right away? Like to so uh, I want you to go in and and search for a man. Are you are you showing the laser and the command right away, and then kind of pairing that together, or is it? Uh, a step well I, I mean i won't do I, I mean i don't do any i won't take him into a building and, and rely on you know or set reliability you know everything is you know i need him to go to just to anywhere just outside i need you to go here i need you to go there get a kong there get a kong there get a you know get something here get some food here blah 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 eventually i'll start moving in but a lot of times all i'm trying to do is get him to go to a door you know just right inside the door i'll put a kong um and I just, you know, I'm always, I'm always leery to make it about the bite. You know, I'm, I'm just so toy driven. I want the dog to work, work, work without the distractions, you know, cause anytime you add a bite to it, then, then you're always worried about, okay, well, what other kind of training am I going to have to try to work on? Cause now I got to get an, an out. Now I got to get into, you know, you got other things that, that can kind of set your training. It, it kind of cuts into your training time. I'm trying to do laser work. So you get a lot more reps with just a, a toy, but eventually yeah, I did move into, uh, you know, just, man, <laughs> the first time I set up a, a decoy was he was hiding in a, uh, an enclosed, uh, 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 trash container and I lasered the trash container. He wasn't even expecting this and he goes, he's going towards it. And I said, find him. So he's running down. He's thinking, Oh, there's going to be a Kong over there. And man, when he started getting closer, you could just see his ears popped up because the guy's in a bite suit and you could just see him get big. That dog just got big and everything looked so different. It was so funny. He goes in there and gets his bite. Yeah, that, <laughs> so I did, I did the bite outside and then eventually I did integrate it into a room and then it, it just didn't matter. Then it was, you know, Kong, it might be a Kong most of the time or, you know, it'd be a bite, um, closed door, open door. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that answered your question, Eric, but yeah, so when you go, um, when do you turn it off? It, right when they cross the threshold into the room or when they so start going I'm in or how? Yeah, yeah so uh, it, I always turn it, like I said, you know, I didn't want it to be about the laser, the actual, um, the actual dot that it makes. Cause my, my laser I was using, it's, a, it's, it's called Insanity Laser. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's just one of those, uh, it's not a mil spec. I mean, they don't, I don't think anybody makes like a, a law enforcement version of, of a laser, you know? So I just went online and the one that I got, man, it, it actually, it shoots out a green beam, which remind me to talk about that before we okay. end. Uh, <laughs> that, that's very important. Uh, but you know, so I, it, it, it would have a big, um, ball at the end. The laser would put a big dot. Well, I didn't want it to be about that dot. 
again, I wanted him to get into an area and then do what he does. You know, whatever command I told you, find, find odor or find a bad guy or get it. You know, you, you're going to get, there's a guy inside that room. You go get him, find him, invite him. So I'd laser the door. If it was closed, he would check it. And I would laser, of course, I would laser doors that a guy wasn't behind just to make sure that I'm not setting myself up for failure. So he would check where the laser was. Maybe there's somebody there. Maybe there's not. If the door's open, he's going to go right into that room because he's hoping somebody's going to be in there. Uh, but, you know, typically I have never seen where the dog couldn't figure out what the end game was by using the laser. He would never look for the laser. He always got to where the business was and he took care of the business. So it basically the laser is like a fake throw. Like you, you turn it on, they go in there, you turn it off and they're like, well, fuck. And so they got to then switch to their nose. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Go. And you know, again, again, you know, it's, it's directional, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's no different. It, it's, it's just an extension of the hand. It's extension. You know, it's like presentation, you know, when you, when right. you teach presentations, you know, you're boom, Hey, go to the hand, check where the hand was. That will take you to the glory. Check it, check it, check it. So, you know, that's all it is. That's how I felt that it was just an extension of the hand. Hey, go check over here. Um, Hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of how I, that's that's how, that's what I had in my mind uh, whenever I utilized that. Yeah, that that was my, uh, that was my premise for my, do you have a dependency problem? And because you get a lot of dogs that, and you know, it's called, I mean, it's object permanence. It's the same problem we have with detection. It's the same problem we have, especially with bomb dogs, you know, where they don't know where highly productive areas are. So instead of trying to create highly productive areas by changing the context over and over again, you simply create a highly productive area by, as Eric said, by throwing, by throwing light down there. Like this is where a highly productive area should be. Go down there and check it out. Absolutely. And that, yeah, that, yep. Right on. Excellent. That's, <laughs> that's where I was going with that question earlier, but you kind of answered it. And then Eric asked, it. I was like, oh shit, I should probably say it this way. It'll make more sense. So, <laughs> so then there you go. Uh, hey, one let, more. Me, let, let me get back to uh, just one last, uh, one thing that I want to talk about before I forget. Um, okay. I, I, so the thing, of the, <laughs> the laser I use, like I said, it, it, it was shoot out that green beam. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I used a green laser. Um, it, it just it seemed to, it seemed that the green showed up. Actually, this is probably something good if anybody was listening that's interested in doing this. The green will show up during the day better than a red. Red will, uh, red will drown. It will get lost in, in, an, in an object quicker than the green will. Uh, dogs see blue and yellow best but there aren't any blue and yellow lasers that you just, you just can't find them on the internet. The green has, has been the best, but if you're in a situation where you need to put your dog on a bad guy or in an area where a bad guy is who you don't know if he's armed or not, just remember what, if you shoot your laser down at that dude, you've given your, you've given up your, your, uh, your point of cover or concealment. You are no longer concealed. So you got to make sure it's going to be important that if you do that, that you have a guy hopefully with a long gun 
that's backing you up. So if you start taking rounds, you have somebody that's able to throw rounds back at them to make the fight fair. So, yeah, that's, that's a problem. Kind of, why that's I, kind of important. Yeah, that's a really reason why a lot of people that spend more time under nods and they do behind a firearm use IR lasers because you can't see them without the nods on. So yeah, <laughs> it's not right. visible. Yeah. But yes. So, I mean, that's an important point. I figured you were going to say that that in green is a lot of contrast. So uh, it yeah, creates the most amount of contrast very well. Exactly. Yep. So contrast is, that's the easiest way to create. And then uh, I've actually had somebody ask me, we talked about this at some point. I don't remember where we were. And they're like, you know, can dogs tell the difference between a red laser and a green laser and a blue laser? I'm like, I don't know. However, if it's that important, I sure as shit don't want to leave it up to a dog to decide, like, blue laser means do this. I'm like, no, no, like, I don't know if they can or not, but I would not, like, so, but yeah, I mean, and I think it's the easiest for everyone else to see, too, so, I mean, that's what it makes sense. I mean, that's why nods are green, so. Right, I I posted something else kind of funny. I posted a video on, on, on Instagram, uh, showing me uh, I had three decoys set up and I was lasering the decoy that I wanted my dog to bite, you know, and, and I, I love training. You know, I always, you know, I, I, I question methods sometimes, you know, if, if I'm the, I always, I, everybody can learn from something and train. It may be dumb. It may have no practical aspect, you know, like helicopter repelling, whatever, you know, it's cool stuff to do with you and your dog. Are we going to ever repel out of a helicopter? No. But it's cool yeah. training. I would never turn it down. Yeah. You know, water stuff with your dog. It's all great stuff. It's a good confidence builder, whatever. But I can't ever think of a situation that I would actually laser. There's people out there, and they're just standing stagnant, and I would laser the guy I wanted my dog to bite. But what was cool about it is it was something to train to where he had to think clearly and he had to focus on what I was asking him to do. I wanted you to be, uh, dis- I wanted him to be disciplined to the laser and you had to do what I said. So I would laser the, and if he would go to the wrong person, I'd say, Nope, he'd come back. And we just, we played this game and it took, it took four or five times and he caught on. And you know, that was fun to train, but again, you know, it's just, I don't know what practical practical use of that would be because i don't know who's going to just stand there while you're looking, <laughs> looking no i mean well, that, like, no. they're gonna be running like, no, no, no. one of the things that yeah. we say all the time at the hrd seminars is that um part of the scenario-based training is is not every time you're training do you ha- does it have to actually look like an actual deployment um, and you know, sometimes we're testing component skills, kind of like we're talking about here. And Eric says it best, like, Eric, what do you always say? Like, that's not what it's about. Like, yeah, you had a dog bite you on when you're on a fucking water ski or whatever, but that's not always what it's about. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, I like yeah. to see that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I mean, it's, it's always, you know, it's about, like you said, confidence building. It's about, you know, testing minor skills in other venues, um, and a way that's, you know, conducive to teaching the dog other things at more than one time. But I mean, yeah, so it, it makes sense. And that, that's kind of like how I started this out initially. It was like, Oh, how did he figure this out? Like, did something bad happen or <laughs> did something good yeah. happen by accident? Cause you know, we've, we've talked to some people before where, you know, they come to something by completely by accident. They're like, Oh shit, that actually worked. Like, and they didn't do it on purpose. And they're like, Oh man, this dog did this and that and the other. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh, you know what? 
I could probably do something else this way too. And then here we sit. So, <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. So, um, two things real quick. One, when you start getting into it, then how many, uh, how many times are you doing blank rooms or whatever, where you send them into the room where there actually isn't something? You know, it's, uh, I would do it, you know, it's just like you're setting up your, you know, for detect. you know, to me, it was just, it was just a, another exercise, just like you would set up, you know, your, your blanks for detection. You know, you're just, you're just making sure that your dog is, is reliant and working and going through and doing his job, sticking to odor and not giving you a bunch of junk or hitting on something that he shouldn't be hitting on, you know, whether, you know, distraction odors or whatever. Uh, it's no different. So I would laser a door. Now, initially, obviously, initially, it's one for one, one for one. And then I would, then I switched to variable. Uh, you know, I might laser a door, open door. They might, I, I might open up all the doors and I'll laser one door. He goes in, he comes back out. And then, you know, then I'll let him run around a little bit. And there may be a, a decoy behind a closed door. And he finds that one all on his own. But the next time, I, I might set it up to where, all right, so I'm going to laser, you know, whatever, another open door, and there'll be a guy right there, right inside the door. You know, it's just, it's just variable. Um, yeah. You know, just, hey, you know, it's just like I said, just an extension to the hand. Hey, check it. Check this over here. There's a good, there's a good chance this guy could be right here. Yeah, go go check that door. It's open. Hey, that one's closed. Sniff the bottom of that door jam. But you know, when you're like it. It, you're in a you know a, a school and there's you know 25 doors down a hallway. You know, 50 doors total. Man, you can play havoc. And <laughs> that does bring up another point. If you have a really bright laser and you get into like these class uh, i'm sorry schools or where there's a lot of shiny stuff the tiles you know the cheap shiny tile you'll start getting fragment fragmented where the the light or uh will hit like the side of a tile and it will ricochet or it'll just kind of it'll refract and it'll move down into another area i ran i ran into that problem a couple times where the dog actually went to a a door down the hall further because that's where in his mind, that's where he saw the laser when it's actually, uh, uh, it was just, uh, refracting off of, you know, yeah. a, a reflection. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, yeah, so I've, I've seen that with flashlights you, too. Yeah. So yeah, you can get kind of a, that can, you can get kind of monkeyed up on that. Um, right. So yeah. Speaking of wildlife, uh, what's up with Africa? Mm -hmm. So uh, what happened with that was uh, uh, I was out in uh, Vegas uh, doing my laser class, and a guy sat in on my class, and uh, he's from Uganda, Kapala, Uganda. Um, it's David Moffat is the guy's name. He owns um, – he's got a, a security company there, and he provides uh, detection dogs, and he asked me if I could come and help him with his program. He wanted to – he had a, uh, he had a list – of um, uh, qualifications that his dog, they had to certify under certain um, guidelines set up by the contract that he was trying to get filled. And his trainers, uh, they had to be clicker trained. 
and the dogs couldn't they uh, they had they had to be rewarded back away from source there's a whole list of stuff well he wanted me to come and help his trainers do clicker training and retrain his dogs from uh rewarding at source and he just wanted me to work his dogs uh on biting because he was trying to get some patrol dogs out of his out of his kennel and so he uh he paid me to come over there he took care of all my stuff and um i got a trip to africa over i was there for uh i was there for 18 days uh i went to um i got a chance to go to uh dubai i was supposed to visit uh this training site they're supposed to be the largest security training site is supposed to be in dubai um where they bring in a lot of africans uh different countries in Africa to go there and, you know, they're basically, they're teaching them how to be security guards to, you know, work at, uh, you know, the U S uh, facilities as, you know, outside uh, security forces. And right. that so, fell through us. So I didn't get a chance to see that, but yeah, so that's what I did in Africa. So those guys are doing the human trafficking thing in Uganda or are they doing something else? Is this like, so was this guy you're no, talking to was no, an American was, or was he a, was he a Ugandan? No, he's uh he's Ugandan. Um, okay. He, uh, you know, he's got some, he has some really good handlers. Um, they, you know, we worked through a lot of, we did a lot of detection. Um, I showed them uh, how basically I, how I like to do it. Um, it's definitely a little different than how they were trained. Um, I like the dog to work the area versus especially, uh, especially a, a explosive dog. I'd rather the dog be interested in your search area. Uh, so I, right. I showed them <laughs> yes. how I, how I like to do that. Um, you know, presentations are great for the, at the beginning, but eventually I think you should work away from that and let the dog be excited about it and let him search the area. Right. Um, and I kind of showed him how, how to get his dog's, more or less handler dependent. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't know if he, I don't know if he ever got any dog contracts, but I know, uh, he has, he probably had 40 dogs there. Um, most of them, the majority of them were on explosive, uh, odor. I think it's, <laughs> I think it was explosive odor. He said it was, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what the aids were. It could have been anything else. I mean, it's Uganda. You don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of. They were. They were kind pulling of, stuff out of. They were pulling stuff out of boxes. Like, oh, okay. No, well, one of my right. one of my one of my that's good right. friends locally is a uh, sheriff's deputy. Um, he's also Russian, and he's former Russian military, and he works for a uh, agency um, called Africa Now. Um, Africa has a terrible especially uganda is a problem with human trafficking and not like we do in the united states with sex trafficking and everything else there it's witch doctors that cut people's heads off and their feet and their genitals to bless whatever right and i'm not disparaging oh, anybody's God. religion but my buddy goes over there quite a bit to work and he says the same thing like you know because he's he's a police officer but he's also former special operations and other stuff and so he's very like goes over to teach them he's like dude they still have they don't even have computers like the police departments there are so he like, <laughs> like so here they're like yeah. oh they're pulling stuff out of boxes you're like man you guys gonna go to a magazine they're like no you mean like a magazine like time magazine you're like no like no that's not not what i mean at all not at all actually what i mean so <laughs> 
Yeah. I, I, I got a chance to spend a day with the, the, the Kampala um, Blue Kings, and they, they, uh, I was out there with – they had a huge – uh, there were probably 20 guys and females uh, that were going through the handlers course. And it's, it was kind of interesting because I'm looking at all these dogs, you know, and they're like these ratty, raunchy looking creatures, man. They're animals. They're, they're, I don't know if they're dogs, but they're some sort of animal. And they're out there walking with these dogs. And I'm like, I'm thinking now, is this, are these guys your, your dogs? Like, oh, no, no, no. These are all just, these are just dogs that we just picked up that are wild. And, and we teach them to, to uh, do obedience with these dogs. I'm like, man, I kind of like that. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good go idea. The, you can make go these. She's going to go out in the bush in Africa and capture something and try to click or train it. That sounds fucking fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't see yeah, everybody they, rushing to rescue those dogs from here. Like, where's everybody in the United States now? Like, we need to rescue the, rest, the, the African dogs. They're rescuing the ones from Asia. Go get them too. <laughs> Where's all the hyenas, man? I mean, rescue it. Yeah, if click or a hyena. To, Go for it. If you wanted, if you wanted to track a that. dog, how about a hyena? You probably nobody'd get away with that if you run in a hyena. Hard pass. I'll, I'll put a hyena on a th- on a three millimeter fucking prong. Don't think I won't. <laughs> I'll 2.25 that bitch. Oh, right, right. Nope. (laughs) On this episode of how white people die, I mean, it's always that, like, (laughs) swimming with sharks and wrestling with alligators and trying to train fucking hyenas and shit. No, no, uh uh-uh, I'm out. Nope. Well, (laughs) Africans, hey, man, Africans think Americans are crazy. Because they, you know, they they watch YouTube and and they, they think that, like, white people are just absolute psychos. Like, you know, you know, we... Like we handle snakes and like Africans don't mess with snakes. They're they do not. Well, yeah, because they kill you over there. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, different snakes. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. I'm not gonna fucking fight with a cobra. No, I'm good. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I know it. Yeah. I had a monkey. It was horrible. Trust oh, that's me. right. You Stop. did have a monkey. Oh yeah. I'm like that. I'll just. I had tons of cash. I'll just throw cash and buy a monkey, like a Mike Tyson or something. That fucking sucked, man. It Dude, sucked. Hagner Hagner got bit by a monkey when he was in like Sri Lanka, or he was in the army mm-hmm. or navy or something. One of the two. He was in both, but yeah, he got bit by a monkey in a cave. No, I'm out on monkeys too. I'm out on that. A, I'm a, out li- on a, a wild monkey. Yes, a wild monkey. One bit him in a cave in like Sri Lanka. In a cave. Or, yes. Who? I don't who know is what, he? Ace Ventura. <laughs> He's Dude, in there with the I, w- Take that spawn of Satan. We, we'll ask. We'll throw ask, his torch at him. <laughs> I don't know. We'll ask him. I'll, I'll ask him. But he was. He showed me the scar. He's like, yeah. oh, the monkey bit me. I'm like, seriously? And he told you, me, yeah, you, it was. Uh, no, it's in Cambodia. You own a monkey, you'll get bit a lot. Trust well, he me. was in Cambodia. That's where I was. He got bit by a monkey in Cambodia. <laughs> oh my god, Cambodian monkeys are the worst. I mean, like the worst. So Matt. Um, I, I know you're you're uh, you're you're getting towards the end here, and I know you like teaching and everything. If if anybody wanted to hit you up and and see where you're at or what's going on, how, how do they contact you? Uh, well, I'm on Instagram. Um, uh, it's uh, Bookem Dano K nine B O O K E M D A N O. If you want to put that out on uh, on whatever, um, Alicia will put it in the show notes. Yeah. yeah, so it's book, yeah. book them, Dano, K9. Uh, if anybody, like I like I said, you know, if somebody wants to DM me or whatever, and, you know, I, I can give, a, if they want to send me a, um, a, a little a scan disc or, 
I will put my PowerPoint on that and I will send it back to them. Um, you know, and, and of course, you know, and, you know, teaching at those seminars, I, I super really enjoy it. Like I have a lot of fun doing it, but the problem is, you know, that's all out of my own pocket and, you know, no one's going to hire me to come to their department and spend, you know, two or three days, you know, <laughs> teaching their dogs, you know, teaching them laser stuff. It just, it, it's, it's not that difficult. Um, but if somebody wanted to, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, of course, you know, there's, there's a lot of other things that I, I, I can, uh, I can do just about it when it comes to this police business, police dog business. There's, yeah, I've been doing that a long time and it's just, this stuff is easy to me. Yeah. And yeah, just I, hit, and I, hit him up. Matt's a real good guy that you, the guys are listening to him, man. Uh, he, him and I have hung out a bunch. Uh, he's come, he's a good reputation. He's a good, solid cop. He was a good, solid operator. Good, solid canine guy. Um, check him out. Talk to him because he knows more than just lasers, guys. He he handled a dog in a very big, busy police department in, in some pretty high-risk, high-stress situations. You heard him say he integrated a dog with SWAT, worked, worked it with SWAT on a pretty good um, high-level team. So uh, check him out. And, and um, I really appreciate you coming on. I know this was kind of last minute, but I was like, this – You'd be perfect for this. Oh, man, I absolutely enjoy it. And uh, you guys, it's a great show. And what you guys do for the industry, man, you guys are awesome. And I tip my hat to you guys because spreading the word, man, you know, there, there was a time, and I'm sure I know you guys were part of it, but, you know, our, our, how much our, uh, how our career has, has changed and developed into such a better, uh, uh, there's a better training philosophy. There's much better dogs out there. There's much better handlers. Because we're, uh, we're 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 sharing knowledge, you know, all the magazines, publications, you know, that's all great stuff. Because we just didn't have that man, and and the industry really suffered when I first started, and it was it was not a good place. So we've come a long way. Well, we're trying. Yeah, we built this I, uh, as the drinking bros of canine, so I think we're sort of there. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I still, it's funny because our rant episodes are still the most popular. Um, oh, because everybody's been basically, there. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's exactly One thing right. that's happened everybody is. Everybody uh, messages. That, yeah, yeah. Everybody messages. One thing figured out is we're able to say things that uh, other people think and probably aren't able to say for fear of getting yeah. in trouble. And I mean, right. I'm not going to get fired. So. <laughs> I mean, nobody's gonna fire me. So I was still I mean, saying it while I was still on the PD, though. We well, did two rant episodes while I was still at the PD. That's that true. Flying shit. That also very true. <laughs> so all right, Ted, Ted. What do we got coming up? Anything? Uh, we have an HRD seminar in Flint, Michigan, and we have one in uh, just outside of Little Rock, Arkansas, coming up, which should be pretty good. Uh, the Flint one just got posted. So, um, if you hit them up, hrdpolicecanine.com, uh, letter K number nine, or on the Facebook, uh, HRD Police Canine, same thing. You should be able to find the schedule there. Uh, those are not full. They're getting close. I know the one in Michigan all of a sudden was like, I don't know, we had like 15 people sign up or something ridiculous. Like, over all of a sudden, I was like, oh shit. So, that's going to be interesting. Um, and then after that, we've got Hits coming up. Uh, hits just re-upped uh, with us, so they're going to be around for another six months. Uh, we're going to do a uh, interview with Jeff Barrett. Uh, also hosts their own podcast, the Hits Canine Radio. 
uh, very informational and they break it up so that it's not as long as ours. Um, so it's the guys from hits and some of the instructors from there. So it's Jeff and Ted and, um, those dudes. Uh, and then the written has been on a couple of times and they've had some good information on there. Um, you know, so if you're, you also go subscribe to that one along with ours too. Uh, so we'll be at hits in August. Um, we're going to do some live interviews from there. I've already signed up a couple of guests. Uh, one I've been trying to track down forever, um, he's sort of antisocial and, uh, he likes IPAs like you. So Eric, you and him can mm-hmm. bitch about department. He's three retired. This interview. He's, he's <laughs> retired also. So, uh, you guys can bitch about fucking being a cop and, uh, I'm sure he'll have cigar. Well, I don't know if we're allowed to smoke and I don't smoke. He smokes cigars, but, uh, super good dude. Uh, he's been handling a dog for 40 years. So that'll be interesting. Um, Yeah. We got some good good guests. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm I'm not even forty yet, and that motherfucker was handling a dog when I was born. So, I have nail. I've tried to nail this dude down for like a year, so it'll be good. Um, but yeah, other than that, other than traveling and HRD and hits and everything else, I'm just plugging away at the kennel. I got four patrol dogs now, and I got a couple of uh, single purpose dogs. So yeah, other than that, same old cool. same old. Yeah, I've got. Um, I'm gonna we, I'm gonna be driving to Flint. And uh, I'll probably be bringing some dogs out of my kennel up there because I don't want to pay anybody to take care of them. So <laughs> I'll uh, I'll be bringing them up. So uh, listen, if you're coming to Flint, Michigan, I need you to handle my dog and some of these stuff. So come up and prepare to work uh, dogs you're not familiar with. Hopefully they don't come back on you. Um, I don't care if they do, though. So um, uh, <laughs> warning right now. You won't die. So, but, right, you will not die. It might suck for a minute. But uh, it, it ha- almost happened to me today, and I'm not worried about it. So um, don't forget Patreon.com, Working Dog Radio. Please go check us out. We appreciate it. it helps keep the lights on. And um, other than that, Van S. Canine on Instagram. Uh, just listen, if you follow Working Dog Radio, and we love you, we really do, follow me and Ted and our personal yeah. stuff. Right, right. Torchlight Canine. Uh, Ted underscore balls or whatever. What's yours? No, Ted underscore summers? Ted balls. Ted it's stickles Ted, or whatever. Ted it is. Under, no, that's on Facebook. That, that Facebook oh, is, sorry. Don't worry about that. Uh, it's Ted underscore summers and then Torchlight letter K number nine on the Instagrams. And then, of course, yep. you're at Van S. K9. Good. Van S. K9 for me. Come on, follow us. I'm, I'm at 17.5 thousand. I need 18,000 followers. Come on. I'll give you. I'll give away something when we hit 18,000. <laughs> uh, it'll be a $50 Visa gift card or something like that, but I'll still give something away. Awesome. But uh, anyways, guys, thanks. I had a great time. Yeah, uh, sure. Another good episode for us. And uh, Matt, be safe down there, please. Yeah, dude. Right on, brothers. Yep. Right. You guys take care. We'll see you guys. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. guys yeah. In, uh, Shelby. My, yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll see you in Shelby. Oh, yeah. That's oh, right. That's right. Oh, that's right. You're going to go ca- tackle people in Shelby. I forgot about that for HRD. That's correct. Anybody listening, he's oh, going to be there decoying for HRD. <laughs> yes. yes. And, okay. and, yeah, Matt's not, Matt's not a little dude, so he's going to put him in a bite suit. He's going to bring some heat. Oh, man, that's scary. All right. Bring, yeah, bring, <laughs> yeah. Your, bring your All right, we'll dog. see you guys. All right, I'm going to go sit in the basement. It's going to rain. All right. All right. Later. <laughs> I want to take a second to talk about equipment selection for patrol work. One of the most important aspects of teaching and maintaining patrol functions is your equipment. 
proper equipment selection and fit makes all the difference in the world when it comes to creating and maintaining patrol and sport dogs. This episode is possible in part with support from Arno at ALM Suits. Because of the importance of this equipment, I use ALM Suits exclusively. I've owned one for about five years and use it almost daily at the kennel and have caught thousands of dogs and tens of thousands of bites. Arno was able to make a great fitting suit for my lanky ass and I couldn't be happier with it. Arno can take your measurements and make you a suit each and everything he does in his shop in Vegas. Between the top-notch materials and the handmade aspect, you're getting some of the best bite equipment in the world from ALM. The suits come in a full range of weights, from training weight to comp weight, which is what I use because I'm not a pussy and you shouldn't be either. He offers some Kevlar inserts to make the thinner suits a little safer and more comfortable, plus they keep your tattoo artist happy. He makes a full range of toys and reward tugs also. Be sure to hit him up at alnk9equipment.com. That's the letter K, the number 9, or Arno, A-R-N-O, at alnsuits.com. Be sure to use the discount code WDRADIO for 10% off your first order. Tell him you heard it here. Now go get bit. Eric here. Like many trainers, Ted and I go through toys with the hard, super chewer dogs we typically have in our kennel. So we need toys designed to withstand the grueling reality of high-drive working dogs. That's where USA Canine Dog Toys excel. Their toys are made from an extremely durable rubber compound. They have reward toys as well as food dispenser toys, all made to last and are very affordable. All the toys are military-themed. Go to the website, www.usa-canine.com. Check out the grenade-shaped toys. They got the cherry bomb. They got a lot of other great things over there, military-themed toys. Here's the best part. A portion of all USA Canine proceeds go to support military working dogs and other veterans organizations, and that's freaking badass. www.usa-canine.com. Use the promo code K. Nine Pro, or check them out on Instagram at USA Canine Dog Toys. Everybody loves stuff that goes boom, and we couldn't talk about stuff that goes boom without talking about Tripwire Operations Group. They're some of the best in the industry at stuff that makes loud noises and blows stuff up. Specifically for guys in this podcast, for if you're handling an explosive dog or you're a trainer of an explosive dog, they have one of the most well-rounded, ready-to-go kits in the correct amounts and odors for any national standard or state standard certification. Head over to tripwireops.org to check it out. They're headquartered in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and a group of first responders dedicated to serving first responders. They believe that the most highly trained and prepared first responders create a safer America. They prepare you guys and other first responders and military to protect our country by providing products, services, training, and relationships which together no one else provides. In fact, they've done several HME large hide courses recently, which is a really valuable thing for explosives handlers because you're not really able to get that much odor in one place at one time safely, and these guys do a fantastic job. Be sure to head over to tripwireops.org and check out the full list of classes they've got going on and have contact info there on the website. Again, tripwireops.org. You got your reasons, I got my wants. Still got that feeling, but I'm too old to die young now. Working Dog Radio is graciously granted permission to use this music by Brother Deeg. Be sure to check him out at brotherdeeg.blogspot.com. That's spelled brother, D-E-G-E.blogspot.com. Be sure to buy him a beer at Amazon, iTunes, or CD Baby, or anywhere you stream your music. Working Duck Radio was edited and co-produced by Alicia Brandt.